This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio Season 5, Episode 4. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 4 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funy-Hatton and Randy Ziganfoos, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziganfoos. And I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Lynn. So today we're speaking with Tamara Fike about social-emotional learning, her project Love in a Big World, and her recently edited volume from Abingdon Press, Building People social-emotional learning for kids, schools, and communities. Tamara is a creative entrepreneur with a passion for kids, families, and urban communities. As a creator and brand manager of Love in a Big World, she's worked for over 20 years in the field of social and emotional learning. Her goal is to connect kids and caring adults for authentic conversations about life and faith. She received her master's degree in education with, from Peabody at Vanderbilt, and she lives in Nashville with her three amazing children, um, whom she adopted. So welcome to the show, Tamara. Thank you so much, Randy and Lynn. Good to have you here. And we're going to start off our conversation for our listeners. Uh, tell us a personal story about how you got inspired to focus your work on social-emotional learning. I love this story. So um, right after undergraduate, work at Belmont University, I started substitute teaching in urban schools in Nashville, Tennessee. And I chose to work in some of the most challenging areas in town, and uh, particularly with sixth graders. This was, this was quite a while ago. So if you remember the movie Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that was my life. And um, <laughs> seriously, so I would hang out with the kids at the end of the day as we were waiting for buses to be called or they were waiting to walk home. And that's when we would really dive into more of the social emotional kinds of conversations about what was happening with their friends and their families at home in the neighborhood. And many of them shared at that time how they were afraid that because of the violence in their community, that they were not even going to be able to graduate from high school or live past the age of 21. So I recognized though, that while they were, living in with this grim reality, they had a passion for life and a passion for music. And so I began to um, find songs that we could sing together at the end of the day. And that was really how Love in a Big World was born. So between music and conversation and getting the kids engaged and talking about what mattered in life, what I saw was that they would drop their guards and they would really start to share their hearts and open up about the kinds of supports they needed Um, both at that time and looking toward their future. Mm -hmm. So I connect to that in a couple of ways. Uh, I was a music teacher 
uh, for, okay. for 12 years, taught middle school. So understand the power of music and how that can move people. And then yes. also here in our school district, we're focused really on learner-centered education and that idea of relationships. And what does that mean um, in a learner-centered learning environment? And it is knowing kids uh, beyond just their academic capabilities, um, knowing their backgrounds, their passions, their interests, their fears, their challenges, their their home life, and what they're bringing through the door with them. Um, so Absolutely. a couple good connections to that nice story. Thanks for sharing that, Tamara. So let's shift a little bit and um, learn from you how you frame social emotional learning. You know, what are some of those 24 essential character traits that your work for, focuses on? Sure. So before I dive into some of the 24, I'd like to just give a working definition of social and emotional learning. Because one of the things that I found is that it's important for us to establish a common language in any conversation. So with Love in a Big World, we define social and emotional learning as knowing what's going on in your head and in your heart so you can use your hands to build up and not tear down. And that's a simple definition, but if you break it down, it, there's really a lot to it. So being aware, self-aware of what's going on in our heads, what we're thinking about, knowing what's going on in our hearts, what, how we're feeling, and then making sure that we're using our actions to help build others up and not not hurt them. Mm -hmm. um, so as we're considering that definition, we look at things like choice as, as the very first character trait that we consider, recognizing that we all have the opportunity and power to make decisions. And as I talked about the kids in the neighborhood where Love in a Big World started, they needed to know that regardless of their situation, that they had a choice about how they would respond to those difficulties. So we start off with choice and then build from there courage, standing up for what is right, facing your fears. Like honesty is um, speaking and acting truthfully. So not just speaking the truth, but also acting in a truthful manner. Kindness, treating others the way you want to be treated. And then there's 20 others that I could dive into. But it, it goes from choice to love in a big world, which is really the embodiment of all those 24 character traits and looking at how we can make a difference with what we do and say in our big world. So um, perhaps we could link into the show notes those 24 character traits uh, so that our listeners could go ahead and take a deep dive and um, think about how they are developing those in their, in their programs. That would be great. I would, I would be happy to provide that. Another note is that these 24 character traits map onto CASEL's five mm -hmm. major competencies. Um, the CASEL is the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning based in Chicago, and they have really become the clearinghouse for all things social-emotional learning, as you know. Um, but I think it's important to note that those five competencies are very broad. And when I was recently in Chicago and met with some of the folks at CASEL, they, they said that was intentional because we wanted people to be able to bring their own work and their own insight to those five competencies. And yet, again, speaking of that common language, it's important for us to have a common framework so that we can work together towards establishing these competencies in our kids and also in, in the adults that are involved in their lives. And we'll definitely add a link to Castle in the show notes. Let's take the conversation back to this idea of relationships. We sort of touched on that a little bit in the beginning, but how do you see the role of relationships in supporting this idea of a healthy social-emotional behavior in our learners? Relationships are everything. When I, I worked at the Center for Safe and Supportive Schools with Dr. Maury Nation, as part of this, the safe um, and supportive schools climate initiative that was administered by the federal government and through nine different states across the country. And when I was working with him, 
um, one thing that he said over and over again was, Tamara, it's not about programs. It's about relationships. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard that from him, it, it startled me. But the more that I, I lived with that concept and that I, and I watched his work and I was involved in, in the work myself in the schools where we were providing technical assistance, the more that I realized the, the brilliance of that statement. So when we consider a school setting, there are multitudes of different relationships. There's relationships between kids and each other, um, the kids and their teachers, the teachers and one another, administration and the teachers. I mean, there's all there's a multitude of dyads and triads of relationship. When you boil, boil it all down, I believe it, it comes down to that concept of honor. How are we acknowledging the dignity of one another as human beings? And how are we connecting and communicating with one another in a way that we are building each other up and not tearing each other down? Mm-hmm. And I've heard you say that a few times, this idea about building each other up and um, certainly connecting with the CASEL standards as well. And that idea that when kids know that we care, then they're willing to be more invested in the learning. Mm-hmm. And um, is- I, I'm not only a, an educator, I'm also a mom. So I mm-hmm. hear it from both sides, right? I hear it professionally and I hear it personally. And my, my youngest son is a seventh grader. And seventh graders can, can tend to be disengaged <laughs> unless they know that their teacher really cares. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just keeping it so, And he's very cognizant of the fact that if whether or not a teacher cares about him. And if he knows a teacher will go that extra mile for him, he's more than willing to invest himself wholeheartedly mm-hmm. in that class. The relationships make all the difference. I, I taught middle school for 15 years, so that's a, <laughs> that's a tough time to get engaged. And boy, can you really leverage those connections and um, yes. help students want to be their best when they know you care about them. And, and the same is true for adults, right? When we know we care about each other and we treat each other um, in, an, in an effort to get the best out of each other, we're, we're willing to do that. So good, yes. good connections, um, sort of life lessons for all of us, too. So let's talk about your uh, recently edited publication, Building People and Some of the Different Perspectives on SEL that's offered by those different authors. Yes. So we're really excited about Building People. Um, It was just released in July. And there are about 12 different thought leaders involved in in the book, each one bringing their own perspective to the conversation about social emotional learning. Um, So it's really exciting. We've got people like Dr. Maurice Elias, um, Dorothy Espelage, Richard Gerver, I mean, just a host of people, Baruta Kefele, um, who bring their own personal perspective and their work, mm-hmm. their decades of experience in the field of social and emotional learning. So very comprehensive volumes that really gives people the big picture. Yes, it's comprehensive and yet practical mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, we were really intentional about making the book, something that people could pick up and read, put down, come back to it really as a, as a guide and a resource ongoing and, and something that's available for educators as well as parents and other community leaders. And a great resource, especially as social emotional learning starts to become more of the core of, of what we do in education. So let's take that and, and hear your opinion, your thoughts on like, what is the future of social-emotional learning and education, and what do we as educators and leaders need to do differently to uh, embrace this future? That's a really good question, and um, I think 
from my perspective, as both an educator and a parent, I would say we, we are still in the midst of transition and trying to figure out what this digital age means for us in education, as well as in so many other industries, um, whether it's music or entertainment, publishing, everybody's trying to figure out what does te- how does technology impact our world. And it has implications on teaching and learning, as well as in workforce development. One of the things that I'm seeing is that kids don't need to memorize facts and figures like they once did. Mm -hmm. They can just Google it. It's a matter of how do you find the information or how do kids find the information and then assimilate that information to either problem solve or create something new. And so as educators, I think our challenge before us is how do we embrace that new model? Um, How do we make space for kids to have a voice? How do we make a place for them to solve those problems, to create new things. And because it's uncomfortable for us to relinquish control, especially if we're used to a more teacher-centered model rather mm-hmm. than a learner-centered model of school. So I, I think we're still trying to find our way, but it's imminent. I mean, it's, it's upon us. And I, I just challenge educators all the time. We have to, we just have to say yes. And be uh, be comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because the kids are for them it's native right they've grown up with technology they don't know anything different than having a phone in their pocket so how do we then restructure our classroom experience to provide that engagement so that they are better prepared for the workforce because one of the things that i'm hearing from employers time and time again is that um their workers aren't ready I mean, I, w- I was even sitting with the human resource director of a large healthcare company here in Nashville a couple weeks ago, and she said, we have a 30% turnover in our new nurses every year. And the reason for that is, number one, they don't feel like they belong in their hospital. So that speaks to culture and climate, which again goes back to what is their experience in the school setting. Number two, she said they're not showing up on time because they don't, <laughs> they don't know that, that that's a requirement. And once they do show up, they make an excuse for why they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's all about SEL. And, and so I think we have to go back to the basics and make education more than about answering questions on a test, filling out bubbles, but really make it about that problem solving and innovation. Mm-hmm. And the unique things that uh, computers can't do yet that are more human and those social emotional learning um, traits that you were mentioning earlier are those things that are uniquely human. So let's not focus on what the computers do well because we can't compete with them. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on the things that humans can do well because the computers won't compete with us on those. Exactly. And and I would say, too, some of those other character traits, the one you consider courtesy or cooperation, how do we work together as a team? Um, what's the give and take of that kind of setting? forgiveness, because as we work as a team, we're going to step on each other's toes. So how do we work through conflict? Things like that. Those are all important for us as we're working in a more collaborative environment. And I think I stepped on Lynn's toes. So <laughs> she's going to say something. Sorry. No worries. No worries. Lots of we'll cut that good out. connections. So I'm making a connection to one of the, one of the, um, one of our focus for the year in our not even the year, long-term focus in our district is really to become more learner-centered and, um, you know, connecting to these ideas and some of the traits that you're sharing and some of the work that we've done for a profile of a graduate and um, 
lending some credibility to that. And it's, it's interesting to, to hear your perspective and your expertise. So before we invite you to share what's next for you, what you're working on now, we'd love to get your ideas on a couple of quick lightning response questions. So just looking for um, sort of a quick response. And these are questions that we're asking all of our guests this season with the purpose to um, give our listeners another path to investigate some additional resources. So who's one expert that our listeners should connect with to learn more about SEL? Brene Brown. You may not think of her as social emotional learning, but her research is really all about that, Mm -hmm. moving um, away from a culture of shame to a culture of resilience. And if you were recommending one book to our listeners on SEL, what would it be? Building people. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say that. Um, and not, not because of all the diverse perspectives mm-hmm. that are present in that book from a, a wide variety of people, um, both research and academic to community-based programming. And finally, what online site or resource or person do you learn from regularly? I would say Education Dive. I get their daily email in my mm-hmm. inbox. And so that really helps me stay aware of what's happening in the larger conversation about education. And I'm always surprised at how much um, SEL pops up mm-hmm. in the newsfeed. All right. Thank you. So we'll add uh, Brene Brown and Education Dive into our show notes so our listeners can tap into those resources that you've shared. And to wrap this up, what's next for Tamara? What are you working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I'm really excited to let you know that after working on the curriculum for Love in the Big World for the past year or so, we are launching it next week. So that will be available as a resource for practical SEL in the classrooms for kindergarten through eighth grade. There's also a host of other resources, music, posters, activity pack, uh, professional development, music assemblies. I mean, all sorts of good stuff that we can um, use to partner with people in their efforts of social emotional learning in their schools. So one of the things that I'm involved with right now is a project with the National Science Foundation i program, and we're exploring the nexus between social and emotional learning and ed tech. So this is just a new thing, but um, just looking at how might we make SEL resources available to kids, educators, and families in a way that uh, they can carry it with them wherever they go. Well, we'll be interested in following that work. So thanks for being here. Thank you. So thanks so much for joining us, Tamara. And for our listeners to learn more about uh, Tamara's work, you can visit the Love in a Big World website, check out her book, follow uh, Tamara on Twitter or LinkedIn, and also check out an Instagram. Um, From the conversation, we've added a link to Brene Brown, The Castle Standards, and Education Dive. Each episode, we leave you with a question or two to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. So this episode's questions, how does today's conversation engage you in reflecting on the state of SEL in your organization? And what are some of your next steps to address SEL challenges? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for Season 5, Episode 4. That's all for now. We'll be back soon with another conversation featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Tamara. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.